Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 99.3. Today, you are joined by George and I. We're doing it back in pairs just to make our lives a little bit easier. Last week was, I gotta say, it was a lot of fun to be back with everyone, but in terms of organizing it, it was not so fun. So we're just going to split it up in pairs. We did have a brief moment where we had an idea of doing the Coffee Club monologues, which is still a potential future idea. And I, and I I was on one run and I was just daydreaming about it. And I think it'd be so funny just to hear how everyone else's monologues went. So maybe we'll do that in the future. But today it is George and I. George, how are you doing? Yeah, good, Morg. Yeah, nice to be back. I think uh, I agree. People should leave in the comments if you think we should do <laughs> coffee club monologues while we're in this uh, window of time change uh, scenarios where it's very difficult. So let us know if you want some monologues. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Uh, well, I'm not enjoying us being apart, but I'm enjoying this limbo stage where we're putting out all these episodes that are just essentially, I don't know how to say it. They're just killing time until we decide to release episode 100 i guess i feel like we have so much power now because rather than letting the numbers dictate us we are now dictating the numbers so we can kind of technically just drop episode 100 whenever we want like once we get to 99.9 we we could we like we could even break it up and start doing 99.91 99.92 see how long we it goes any number we want at the moment <laughs> but what does scare me about it on the flip side is that the longer we wait, the bigger the build-up, the more that we have to deliver. I think it has to just be, and maybe this is a soft announcement for the third annual, but somehow we just do episode 100 just during the gala. Yeah. <laughs> like the pre-gala. Perfect. That would be perfect. We do like a full, like you know how they have Saturday college football game day where just for like three hours before the game they just have like the table and they're just talking about it and just pumping everything up it'll just be like that but for the gala that'd be the that'd be the way to do it it's a no-brainer so it's coming eventually but um it's still all in the works and the other thing that we have in the opening of the show is we have an announcement i am 95 percent sure that it'll be out by the time this episode airs but don't quote me on that OAC merch is finally here and it's really sick. We saw the first like kind of samples of it or the designs of it rather about a year ago at the On Summit and it's finally here now and we unfortunately don't have any yet but we are apparently getting it very soon and I'm just excited to have more on gear to wear in like a cool casual setting because it looks very swaggy. I got to say. It does look very sweet. I missed that meeting at the summit a year ago because we were testing spikes. And then I also missed seeing it uh, in Samaras just the other day. So I, the first time I saw it was like half an hour ago when we got seen a picture of what it looked like. <laughs> that was the first time I'd ever seen it. But it's very cool. So <laughs> and I'm delivered. So yeah, check that out. Support the team. The uh, The people at ON are a bit scared about it not selling. So go buy as much of it as you can so to support the team and to get it so that we can do more cool OAC stuff because we love doing OAC stuff and it's just about finding a way to kind of do it the right way. See, with Coffee Club, it's like the Wild West. Like we can kind of just get away with doing whatever, but 
with a big company like on, there's a lot more hoops to jump through to get stuff like this, like off the ground and running. So the fact that it's finally here is one, a testament to a lot of hard work from a lot of people close to the team that care about us a lot. So thank you for that. But two, I think it just shows that, you know, the team is still on the up and still got so much more cool potential stuff that we can do. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and can buy some and be repping the OAC. So, yeah. What we need but, is to get uh, Ben Shelton wearing a hoodie. <laughs> Shout out, uh, Ben Shelton, US Open semifinalist. As of yeah, he's tonight. he's crushing. How it. many how many tennis players is on sponsor? Is he like one of two? I'm pretty sure one male and one female. <laughs> so he, he's he's it. He's our one. He's our one representative, and he's 20 years old, youngest U.S. Open semifinalist since 1993. I think I just saw today. Well, he's representing the brand very well, setting the bar very high for us to to follow. Which um, speaking of representing the brand in New York. Today is going to be a, a race preview episode. George and I are both racing on Sunday, and George is heading back to Fifth Ave. Third, this is the third time in a row, I guess. Third you, time, I guess, an asterisk. Lucky slash redemption. An asterisk on that, but still third time lucky. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Yep. So how are we feeling going back to New York? You're heading there on Friday, you were telling me? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm very excited. And speaking of... The U.S. Open semifinal is on Friday, and I don't know if on, I don't know if it's like a track meet where they just have like extra tickets because I'm sure there will be some on like big, big guns at that the match. Big dogs. I don't know if I can like sneak like a nosebleed ticket or something to that on Friday. That would be the dream. I remember last year on the pod I said if I won fifth there, I was going to buy a ticket to the final because it's the final again. It's after. Uh, like it's on Sunday afternoon after the race. So maybe I'll stick to that. If I win fifth there, I'll buy a ticket to the final. Whether and or not Ben Shelton makes it. Hopefully he makes it, but mm-hmm. um, I, that is a bucket list thing. I'd love to go to a, a Grand Slam tennis match. But yep. aside from the tennis, um, yeah, stoked to go back. Like the last couple of years, I've come straight from uh, straight from Zurich because normally that's how the season plays out, but been a bit of a weird season this year with the Diamond League final and and Eugene and um, yeah, just leaving Europe a bit earlier. So coming in from Boulder in, instead. And if anyone remembers, take one two years ago was uh, the food poisoning episode um, due to a Whole Foods hot bar experience at lunch the day before. And so that was a rough night and a rough morning. I did manage to get out and watch, but I was like, I was in such a bad way. It was so rough. Um, and then last year, went back for some redemption. And I think I finished sixth, which was solid. It's actually such a good field again. It's ridiculous. It always and is. Like It always, it always ends up being so stacked. Yeah, I feel like I learned a lot last year. I remember last year I started as far right on the road as like, pretty much just like the last person on the right and then there's a video like the front on video of the last 100 meters and i'm like all the way on the left hand side of the road like somehow i'd crossed like i don't even know eight or ten meters like right to left of the road to like it was dumb so no i'm gonna try to run a straight line this year that's the plan um 
And man, it's a race. Yeah, I would. It's a race I, I I love going to, and it's a race I'd love to win. But yeah, the field is insane. I think there's Josh Kerr's obviously running, and Ezzedine Habs. So bunch two, of three thirty guys, two three twenty nine guys, and then Giles and Mills, three thirty guys, plus Cooper, three thirty two. There's the field's crazy. Who else is good? I actually had it, it up. I should have had it up. Do you think that the dynamic will be different this year because it's not the final meet of the year? Because often, yeah, it's the final meet of the year, so it's kind of like just a bit of fun. But this this year, there's still, as you said, like one more week until the Diamond League final, and everyone's kind of prepping for that. So, well, obviously, it's going to change the dynamic of the after party a little bit, but do you think it'll change the dynamic of the race itself? Dude, I'm looking at it right now. I might be... The only person running in Eugene, unless unless Habs is running. Habs is probably running, but Josh Kerr apparently is not running. So field oh. Josh Kerr, Habs, Prakel, Giles, Mills, Tia, CPT, West, Wynn, Kimboy, Johnny, Johnny G. Keep going down. Neville Bard, Siati, Drew Hunter, Eric Holt, me, Beetlejuice, Woody, Thomas Ratcliffe, Olin Hacker. Eric Sawinski. So what you're saying is the after party is still going to... So I'm going to be like the loser that yeah. had to race again the next week. <laughs> Dude, that's what, I, that's what I was in 2019, the one time that I did it, because I still had world champs after it. Oh, yeah, what? That was Which weird. Which is crazy yeah. to think about. Yeah, that's super weird. <laughs> it will happen again in 2025, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's not many people that actually... Are likely to race the next week, and apparently Josh Kerr is not running. Maybe Habs is qualified. Maybe Giles. Does Giles? How many diamond? I'm not sure. It's the qualifying for the Diamond yeah. League final is so weird because it's only ten people, but then also a lot of people end up scratching. So it's you yeah. never really know. So really good field, but um, yeah, excited to throw down. I haven't run. I never. In, I haven't run a single 1500 this year. I haven't run a 1500 since uh, Birmingham, like last May or something ridiculous like that, like well over a year, which is just sad. Um, I said, would I run a mile and my, that indoor mile was the last time I ran a mile? You ran the pen, pen relays as well. Oh, pen. Yeah, yeah, and pen. So I ran a couple of miles this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. started to mm-hmm. get back down and uh, yeah, just sprint. Freaking just down, down fifth half. The plan what actually. About, yeah, go ahead. Tell, us, tell ahead. us the race plan. The race plan. I got two race plans. One is sit on Sam Preco as much as possible. Like arguably best road miler freaking in the US. Maybe in the he's the dude is so he's just good so at good at putting road. himself in like the right position. His positioning is amazing, and he's also the top returner because Jake and Jake. The two Jakes are not running, Haywood and Whiteman, and Preko was third last year. So he's a top returner, and yeah, his his positioning. I I think he might be like he might be the best racer in in my opinion in in the US at the moment. Like now that maybe Centro was was the was the OG of that, but I feel like Preko's racing tactics are are so good. The other race yeah. plan is. 
the uh, the Jengi move behind Josh Kerr if he's leading. <laughs> <laughs> if there's like any sort of headwind, or I feel like it just makes sense on a, in a straight line, put Josh Kerr at the front and just see how much um, wind he can. How tall? Get- how tall is Josh Kerr? I don't, I don't think he's bigger than you. He's got to be. Is he not tall? Six two. Is he not? Maybe he is. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't know his height. All I know is his weight. I was listening on my run to the Sitting Kick podcast today, the the World Champs episode. I finally caved in and had to listen to it so I could get those uh, the inside goss. And it was so interesting hearing Josh talk about his um, nutrition, his his nutrition really? plan, and his uh, the chef that he had and all that. And he said that he went from one sixty one pounds at Oslo down to I think one fifty four pounds at Worlds. So Wow. Those are the Josh Kerr stats. That is interesting. I'm not gonna lie. I did and someone else said I did think he looked pretty lean in Budapest. No, no, that there was a lot of memes about skinny Josh and stuff. You, really? You're not yeah, you're not alone. Not alone? Uh, well, because he talked because I think a lot of it was because he said he was kind of making the point that he went about things the right way and aside from just training really smart and taking care of all that stuff and like being smart with the races that he did, one of the other things that he pointed to was losing weight in the right way. And so, yeah, he talked about working with a nutritionist to in particular make a nutrition plan for the last six weeks leading up to Worlds. And he had, okay, I kind of like lost concentration for a second when he was explaining this. I think he said like his coach's wife or something was like cooking him was like his chef and (laughs) she would turn up to training in the morning with a cooler of like all these meals for the day. What? Yeah. Why don't we have that? (laughs) That's so intense. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But man, it worked. But yeah, that's actually subject to, to broach. I feel like in this day and age. So, do you think he did he approach it well on the podcast at least? Amazingly, I mean, he's yeah. very well spoken, especially. I mean, he's always well spoken, and he, I think, it's probably easier to speak on it when the results speak for themselves after you've won a world title. But everything he said, I was all ears. I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Very smart. I commend you. So, but yeah, he he did a good job talking about it and just about how he. Like I didn't know. I don't know if the point was to lose that much weight, but I think the point was just to, you know, tick all the boxes in terms of doing everything correctly, and that was the way that he went about it. But he just is the the ultimate professional in in basically every way. So it it makes sense that he also takes it that seriously in terms of nutrition and and getting you know quote unquote race weight or whatever. Hopefully, mm-hmm. just been crushing beers and fast food since worlds <laughs> leading up to fit that man deserves it so hopefully that's all gone out the window and now he stopped caring <laughs> we'll see yeah yeah that would be hilarious if he was just still hung over i don't think he is gonna be i think he's still a professional i mean he did race just a few days after it at uh zurich as well so it would be impressive if he was still going crazy after that but yeah i think he'll be kind of just the one to beat which is not surprising he's the best in the world right now but um 
I think everyone's going to be trying to key up him and everyone's going to want that that jinky tuck in between, in behind Josh Kerr. It's going to be a 20 person <laughs> single file line. Yeah. Just like this, the whole way down fifth there. That'd be oh, pretty fun. That'd be amazing. Amazing. And one of the Q&A that we did get today, I didn't, I don't think I said at the start of the episode, but we have a bunch of amazing Q&A for this one. So thank you very much to everyone who submitted them. One of the Q&A that we did get is, is George going to be the first to the halfway mark and pick up that elusive, one? $1,000 $1, bonus? The elusive $1,000. <clears throat> uh, my gut feeling is that I'm not going to be the one, but I've got a few <laughs> thoughts. i got a few thoughts on who will be. And it won't be Sam Parsons. Which would be an upset already. Is he in the race? Parsoni is not entered. I wonder if like he's he doing. Is. He might be doing my race. I think he might be. We'll, we'll, might be on the next preview. Mm-hmm. Catch, us, catch that in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, do you know who my my pick is? Woody Kincaid. No <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I don't know why. Because either, I could see it though. Just the fact that he's doing Fitev is pretty funny mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. There's only a few people that aren't 1500 that haven't been running the 1500 all season going back to the field. It's like Woody, maybe like Thomas Ratcliffe, Olin Hacker, and me, I think. Maybe, maybe Beetlejuice. I don't even know mm-hmm. what we would He's kind of maybe he's probably more five k too. Yeah, he's um, more five k I'd say. But I feel like Woody could get that so easily, <laughs> and, and I don't Do know. Do you think like, he's got two kicks in him, or would that be it? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. Like he just DNF'd his last race. Like, is he here to act, is he here to take it seriously? It's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like that. I like that thought. He's just doing it for the lols. He'll get the the lols halfway bonus. Or, or he's actually just going to come win with his crazy yeah. kick. I actually have no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't My have a prediction. Like a, really? A shorter race where I'm anywhere. I've only been in a 5K where he's running 12.50 something. <laughs> the Woody versus George final 100. That is what everyone would love to see. That's going to be special. I hope it does play out like that now. I hope he just sits right next to you and then you guys get to battle at the end. Which we'll try line it up for, for the yeah. fans. My prediction for the halfway bonus is that no one's going to go for it and it'll just be whoever's leading, which I think will quite possibly be Josh Kerr. That's my prediction. I think everyone's going to be too nervous to go for it because I think... I think it's too much of a carrot. (laughs) Someone someone is going to be like, ah, wait, okay, I got another pick. Eric Sawinski. Wait, what is he... Why would he not go for that? That's true. He could. He's he's used to going early. But then he has you have to run under four minutes as well to get it. That's that is important. So you can't you can't spend all your bickies in the first half of the race. You gotta save a couple of them for later. I just I just think everyone's gonna I think all the people at the front are gonna be contending for the win or a top three. So they're all gonna be pretty I don't know. Maybe someone will go for it, but it's going to kind of like fall into their laps. I don't think it's going to be anyone like a big kick. Like last year, was it Centro did a massive kick to get it? Is that correct? Or am I making that up? Two years ago, oh. it was Centro. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, with Wait, Ollie. How, many t- 
How many times has Parsons won? He must have done it three times. That's he crazy. Last year when he got the bonus. It's <laughs> just silly. That's, that That's is silly. Bro. Likes, yeah. Pretty funny. Pretty yeah. funny. And All you right. have to come fifth to get the same amount of money. So like <laughs> if you don't think you're gonna get more than fifth, like maybe it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that, I didn't yeah, shit. All right, like I could fifth is a thousand bucks and halfway is a thousand bucks. So that's where you got to that's where you got to draw the line. Mhm. That's that's the balancing act is between those two. Well, wow. and last year I was six, so I should have gone for the halfway bonus. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be awesome. Well, I'm very excited to see you race that because I think especially with your experience last year in the shape that you're in this year, especially you've shown a couple of times over the mile distance that whew, you're in very good mile shape. So I'm very excited to see you race. I think it's going to suit you a lot. Best of luck. And I think you can go out there and upset a lot of people. That's my prediction. Thanks, Mog. So excited to watch that. But I will potentially, wow, I just realized we'll be racing it. You'll actually probably race before me or we'll be racing at very similar times with the time zone because I also race on Sunday, but at 7 p.m. Europe time. I think you'll be before me. Oh, wait, no, but it's East Coast time. They might be like 40 minutes apart. <laughs> wow. So cool, I so cool. I don't numbers there. I'm at 12.40 Eastern time. Okay, yeah. It there is a like way to work that out. Yeah. But I can't think of it right now. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, Morgan is making the return trip to Zagreb, which I'm very excited for. As a few of you may know, Zagreb is where I raced a 3K at the end of last season to finish off my track season last year. And it just so happened to be essentially the race that qualified me for the world champs this year because the 3K outdoors has pretty nice points and it was a gold race. And I think I came fourth or something. So you get mad bonus points for that. So it was by far like my highest points in the rankings. And so it really helped get me across the line for qualifying. I'm making the trip back. And I haven't checked any start lists or anything. I know a fellow OEC teammate, Jonas, is going to be there. But just based on the pacing that I've been sent, I mean, this is what always happens. I'm pretty sure this happened last year as well, and like no one went with it. So I don't really believe much in this, but this kind of made me think that potentially there are some good people racing, but the pacing that was asked for was 2.30 through the K and then 5.02 at 2K. So it's like very spicy. So. We'll see what that means. I don't know, but I think, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was like that last year. I remember just seeing the pace last year and being like, well, that's silly. No one's going to run that, but we'll see what happens this year. I think a few more people are racing it just because everyone is every year. People become more aware of the qualifying system and yeah, for the 5k, having a really good 3k can help a lot in, in a meet like this. So I think a lot of people will be turning up, but I'm just excited to go out and race again um to see where the form is at i've still been getting in some solid training nothing nothing too crazy but it was an amazing meet last year like just a great vibe um the hotel was great the way you looked after was great the crowd was amazing there were fireworks while we were warming down which was just epic and then the after party was like pretty fun like they just look after you really well and most of all i'm excited to visit the coffee shop 
Shout out to Luta Coffee, L-U-T-A, because last year we went there every day and we became friends with them. I bought some of their merch. They gave us some beans. They, uh, they're they like into running as well. And so became friends with them. So I'm excited to return and say hello, what's up. Make the annual pilgrimage to Luta Coffee. And yeah, I don't know who else is racing. I know Joey is doing the steeple there, Joey Bags. So, and he was there last year. So it's kind of like a bit of a return. Sinta is racing the 1500 meter there as well. So once again, we're, we're doing it together. So yeah, I'm just excited for the vibes and to, do another race nothing nothing much more to say about it really so it was yeah. a cool race last year that mm-hmm. you were what he did what he when he won i think i actually came third last year because i think woody was first and then i can't remember who was second and then i was third last year was so funny because there are a bunch of good guys in it and they did kind of like go of the pace and i got dropped um about a third of the way in i think and so i was off the back of the front pack and then for whatever reason, they just slowed up and then I like caught them like with like a lap to go and then I was able to just like outkick a bunch of them. So I got really lucky last year. We'll see if that happens again this year. But I don't know. I think 3K is a, 3K is a tough distance. I think you have to be in pretty good shape to actually run like a fast 3K. So Because it's just like that combination of the speed and strength and based on how i felt at worlds when they really ramped it up the end i was like felt a bit out of my depth like running those kind of that kind of quicker stuff so we'll see how it goes but yeah as i said just another just another one in the legs and just happy to be back out racing and it's not my last race of the season last track race of the season but we're still on the road to latvia so just uh you know so you're gonna be the you're gonna be the loser at that has to race again at the after party as well. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't even think about that until now. God damn it. <laughs> but uh yeah, I think everyone else will be I'm pretty sure everyone else racing it will be done for the season. Then yeah, I'll just be there being like, I got another race. I'll probably okay, this is my thoughts. I'll go to the after party for a little bit. I probably won't drink any alcohol. No more than one drink, but I will dance because I am someone who can dance and enjoys dancing when they're sober. And I've come to the conclusion that like after a race, I don't sleep well anyway. So say I was like trying to be like super serious and super focused and being like, Oh, I got another race. I got to go to bed and get a good sleep in. If I tried that, I wouldn't fall asleep anyway. So I may as well go enjoy the after party, have some good vibes. (laughs) throw down some dance moves and then have a nice sleep after that. So that's my plan. I think mine will be similar. I'm pretty committed to having at least one Guinness at the, uh, if I assume if we're going to the Irish pub again with, um, wait, I thought that place closed. No, not that one. Different one. Unfortunately, Uh, I actually never went to that one, but the, I don't, if citrus Citrus mag is hosting the, uh, after party again, there was some Guinness drunk last year. On, That'd be nice. on the Citrus Mag live show. So perhaps I'll be on there briefly. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little dance. A asleep. little dance. A little dance for the boys just a, just a, just before bedtime. A little I twinkle. didn't even cool down last year after the race. I just, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I was done. You're like, that's it. After, like, probably have a post-race workout in, in Central Park. It's going to be the worst. <laughs> you will. 
You will. That'd suck as well if you were getting drug tested. Have I told you my drug testing story from Fifth Half? No. <laughs> so we haven't talked about my drug testing was for a very long time. This is like early, I feel like early podcast days, I would bring it up like occasionally. And that's partly because I haven't been getting drug tested as much. And also because I've just gotten better at doing the drug tests, I would say. But back in the day, oof, I had some bad ones and Fifth Ave may take the cake. So I, I was so annoyed because I came fourth. Wait, did I come fourth? I think I came fourth at Fifth Ave. And I got randomly selected for drug testing. Like, I was like, why? Like, they didn't test. I was annoyed because they weren't testing third place. And so I was like, I missed out on the podium and I had to have to get drug tested, you know? Like, if I had just come one place better, I would have been able to have the best of both worlds. But anyway, so my, what are they called? The person who, like, comes and finds you for the drug testing. Chaperone. My chaperone came and I asked him if I could go warm down. And he's like, yeah, go warm down. And so I went and warmed down in Central Park and then I came back. And then he was in a lot of trouble from the head drug tester because she was like, you weren't meant to let him go warm down. Or at least you had to be watching him the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I had, And he was like, oh, sorry. And so she said that I had to give two samples rather than one as if that solves the problem somehow (laughs) i don't know how that solves it but anyway so the drug testing happens in a temporary tent in central park next to the finish of the course and it's it's in the middle of new york and so and the the pro races are the last races of the day so as soon as those pro races are done everything is getting packed up as quick as possible because it's new york and Things gotta, the city's gotta come back alive and people gotta use these roads. Well, the people packing up, I just couldn't pee this day. Like, I just couldn't go. It was like too much happened around me, like the worst setting ever. And I couldn't pee. I was the last one there and like I couldn't produce anything. And the people, the workers packing up the everything to do with the, the event had packed up everything else except for the, the drug testing tent. And it's all these like tough, like New York guys, like standing outside me, like, yo, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And the lady kept saying, no, we we need this. Like we, we can't move. Like he has to pee. He has to pee. And it was way too much pressure. And eventually she gave in and she said, okay, they can pack it up, but we have to walk to my hotel room together and you have to do it at the hotel. <laughs> and so then I'm just walking with her and I go to her hotel and then, and this kind of annoyed me because I did not need this extra pressure because when, I mean, I'm aware that I'm bad at peeing in front of people and that it's super annoying. Like, I wish I could just give you a sample in one second. Of course, like I don't enjoy it. No one enjoys it. But she put the extra pressure on me by saying, um, I have a flight to catch. Like, you better hurry up. I'm like, are you kidding me, lady? Like, I don't need this shit. And it's annoying as well. Cause if you're an athlete and you have a flight to catch, like they don't care. Like that's, yeah they they say you have to miss your flight and so i'm just like annoyed i'm like okay well i'm trying my best like well i don't know what more you want me to do and we got to the hotel room and luckily by that time i was ready to go that's essentially what it used to be for me where it was just like after enough time enough drinking water like i would just be able to go and luckily 
I eventually peed in her hotel room and I think she made her flight. So the story has a happy ending, but it was a very traumatic experience for me. So I hope nothing like that happens to you. Fingers crossed. I'll just, crossed. Um, I'll make my chaperone get like a, a, a city bike and they can just do my workout with me. That'd be perfect. That'd be so good. And I get a pacemaker as well. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be ideal actually. You could pay them for that. But yeah, so that's um our races on Sunday. Very excited for those. There are some other big well probably the biggest races of this week is the Brussels Diamond League, which we're in such a weird part of the season where it's like the hangover from worlds and everything's happening so quickly now. You almost forget about these diamond leagues happening. Like we're in Zurich, we're in China, we're in Brussels, all in this one week. The only race that I really know about is the 2K. Uh, well, actually, there's a women's 1500 as well. But the 2K, because the jingle bells will once again be ringing as Jingy makes his return post-Worlds. And then Mario um, is our, I guess, our lone OAC representative going to take him on in the in the 2K. So, should be, World record should be attempt, hype. Right? I, see, I don't know, like... <laughs> When people say that, I don't know if it's Jakob Jingi actually saying it or if it's just people saying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't see any other reason for doing a 2K though. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm i not sure what the world record is, but I know El Garouge has it. And so I imagine that the 2K world record will be a lot more difficult than the two-mile world record was, which in saying that, I remember looking at the two-mile world record previously and being like, wow, that's such a hard record but then Jakob just came around and destroyed it so i don't know but the t- i guess the two mile suits him more than a 2k you would think what do you think the 2k is i think it's uh 449 much faster <laughs> really 445 keep going <laughs> wait 444 444 Jesus Christ, that's quick. <laughs> Man, El was, was pretty before, quick. Sit a year before Jingi was born. Crazy. Fun fact. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty great. That means you have to split like 340, I don't know, eight maybe? Yeah. I <laughs> don't think that's happening, but who knows? That just seems so 100. hard. 348, 1600. Yeah, that's true, actually. When you put it like that, if he's on and the pacing is good, I think you'd have to have pretty good pacing for that, like nice and smooth and consistent and then just a big last lap. I don't know why I guess 449. Looking back on it, that was, that was a pretty bad guess. That wasn't very optimistic. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe overly optimistic. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, you just got to think about it like like from a from Milo's perspective, you got to think about it like, okay, at my best, I think I could run. I'm, I'm pretending to be Mario right now. This is how Mario is going to think about it. At my best for the mile, I could run 346, let's say. So technically, if I go through in 350 for 1600, that shouldn't feel that bad. And then I just got to run one more lap quickly. <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> really quickly. So... That's how that's how they could do it. I think. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. Never run a two K. Yeah. 
I think a 2K sounds terrible. I think a 3K sounds nice and a 1500 slash mile sound nice. But yeah, something about five laps. Five laps, that just sounds brutal. But it'll be cool. to. I, I do like that they are attempting a couple of off distances this year just to change it up. It does keep it a little more interesting. And yeah, I think Mario did mention that he was going for maybe the Spanish record in the 2K. I don't think it was too fast, too hard out of his reach. So yeah, hopefully he can get up and uh, have a good one. I think that might Zurich. be 452. But he mm-hmm. will have to beat the Black Cat Moketeer in order oh, to get no. that. All right. He can do it. He's taken him down before multiple times. All right. Well, is there anything else from Brussels or is that our, that's our Brussels preview? I don't know what else is happening in Brussels. I have literally no idea. Yeah, that's our, that's our Brussels preview. So so good. Such a good track podcast. Look at us go. But no, it's it's hard. I'm sure there's going to be like some amazing sprints and stuff, but the distance, that's all I know. of. Actually, hold the phone. There's a 10K. I just remembered. Is that actually happening? There's a men's 10K and maybe a women's. <laughs> that, like the I don't one, know if that sounds good or not. <laughs> the one big 10K of the year apart from Worlds is taking place and they're going to be going for the Olympic standard, I guess. It must be. I'm sure it'll be paced at at least 27 minutes. So that's like the sound, the sound running 10K of Europe. <laughs> exactly. But with a couple more Africans in it, I would I would guess... I'm going to guess. I think Jimmy Gressier is racing it, so he's been in fine form, so maybe he'll do something crazy. No, that's insane. That sounds so terrible right now. <laughs> yeah, but oh well. Couldn't be oh, yeah. George's worst nightmare at track, 10K <laughs> at the Diamond League. <laughs> yeah, that was that's not in my plan to uh, <laughs> to improve the 10K. That, that wasn't on there. That wasn't in my notes. They clearly weren't paying enough attention. So that's our super, super in-depth, excellent preview of the Brussels Diamond League, which happens on Friday or Saturday. Friday? Friday, I think. Okay. Hopefully we got that right. But moving on from all that amazing racing track action, we'll get into the Q&A. And yeah, as I said earlier, thank you so much for everyone who submitted them. An amazing, an amazing week for Q&A questions. We have so many to go through, and we'll just get into a couple of them today. First off, and I know we've answered this one before, but we still have so many people always asking it. How do each of you order your coffees? It's still a good one. I feel like because yeah. sometimes different time of year, maybe it changes a little bit. We grow as people. Our coffee order grows, changes. I could, I could go first because I just went yesterday. I was just telling Please. more. I went to verb coffee in boulder new-ish spot apparently they already had a place up on a roastery and a spot up on broadway somewhere but they've opened a new location close to the town and i whipped in there yesterday and ordered this is my afternoon order iced americano black nothing in it no milk no no sugar the later in the day the less i feel like hot and milky coffee in the morning i would order a cortado or a flat white of some kind but if it's post it was like 3 p.m i don't feel like that anymore so 
my last two coffees because I also went to another new boulder spot, Creature Comfort, Comfort Creature. I always forget which way around. Creature Comforts, I believe, but who knows? And I also ordered iced Americano there. Wow. How and Italian of you. You can, you can taste a lot of coffee, I feel like, when it's cold and it, when it's black. That yeah. might be that might be a controversial opinion. No, no, I think, see, the thing is, and I kind of always, like, I, I often say this, I don't, we did name our podcast The Coffee Club and we all love to drink coffee, but we are not experts on coffee. And I am very confident that if you truly believe in tasting the different beans and being able to properly compare them, like on a very, on the highest level, I think you have to drink your coffee black. I think that's just that's just how the aficionados do it. But it's not what I like the most, so it's not what I order. But yeah, it is nice, especially when you get it cold and sometimes it's like it's really strong. I think you can taste them so good and they do taste great. So that's a good coffee order. I like that. What do you got? So for me... I guess it depends where I am mostly, but if I'm going out for coffee, I'm always ordering a Cortado. But if I was, say, in Australia, I would order a cappuccino because in America, when if you order a cappuccino, it's like it can mean so many different things. Like the amount of milk and the amount of froth that they put in it is so variable. It can make or break the coffee. In Australia, if you order a cappuccino, I think it's it's pretty standard what you're going to get. It's a nice amount of froth with some chocolate powder on top, which I like. But yeah, in America, I just play it safe. And Cortado is just like the standard drink. I think every, I don't know why it is really. Like Cortado is like the drink that every like good cafe kind of just has on their menu, which is, and they all like nail it pretty much like all like the good coffee places in Boulder. So that's kind of my go-to. I do like the iced coffee like after a run or something sometimes. So I will do that sometimes. And then my other thing that I do is my first coffee of the day. And I mostly only drink one coffee a day, but my first coffee of the day is normally just no sugar. But then my second coffee, I'll normally spice it up with some sugar, some sweetness. So yeah, I'm pretty basic. I don't, I don't, um, yeah, I don't really change it up. I just go with that. One of the Q&A that we did have, which I found interesting was, Someone asked us, what is the significance of the roast level in coffee and how does it affect taste and aroma? And the reason why I found this question interesting is because I wasn't sure if they were asking us because like they really want to know and like they thought we were like the best people to ask rather than just like Googling it or if they're testing us. (laughs) You know what I mean? Maybe they think this is actually a coffee podcast. Yeah, maybe they've actually never listened and they just follow the Instagram just because the name. <laughs> like these guys probably know so much about coffee. <laughs> but do you, I'm, I'm sure you can answer that question though. I'm probably going to butcher it though. There's someone listening that like actually knows and it's like these idiots. <laughs> no, I, well, yeah. the, uh, I was chatting to the Brist yesterday at Verb Coffee and he was telling me that they're gonna, they, they might have some roasting classes and or cupping classes, which I think is when you like taste it mm-hmm. uh, in the future. And so I actually would love to go to one of those. 
and then maybe I'd actually know. Um, but I just, I feel like we just know that we prefer light to medium roasts. Yeah, I guess that is the take I, I on it. I tell you much more. I just like the taste. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I think our kind of more simplistic answer to this is that the if the roast is more on the lighter to medium side, one, it has more caffeine in it, and two, it I think it retains more of like the natural flavors and like the the more like unique aromas because this is just my way of thinking about it. As you cook something more, it all approaches the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they all become more the same, which is just a burnt, a burnt taste. So the further you are away from that, the more uniqueness there should be. That's, yeah, my first taste is if the beans are shiny, I stay away. If they're oily, yeah, uh, oh, that's not good. It means they've been, I believe, roasted to a point where the oils come out. And I think that only happens at some quite dark roast point. So if they're oily, I avoid them at all costs. Mm -hmm. It's a good test. It's a good test. So that's our super, super legit coffee expert, coffee club podcast host answer to that one. Hopefully we, we did it right and we've passed your test, whoever asked that question. Uh, the next one we have, and I feel really bad about the fact that we essentially ignored this for the last two months, but we need to do a coaching Kev update and essentially a coaching Kev wrap up. And George ended up being the one who coached Kev for the full amount of time. Even though we didn't talk about it on the show, George was writing his training every week and he was running some amazing training for him. And Kev was having some great results. So George, you kind of want to give your take on how it all played out in the end? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been meaning to do this for weeks, but I feel like the end of Kev's season lined up with kind of right around, I think we were in Samaritz for the last bit and then it was kind of like right before World. So it was hard to to drop that into like the pre-Worlds podcast. So kind of just tried to save it for the right time, but um, I guess that's now. <laughs> and yeah, so that, that's been a pretty cool part of um, – coffee club pod didn't expect that i would uh get to spend a summer coaching um an athlete and it was he was like the most perfect uh athlete to coach so he didn't miss a day of training like not even one somehow in well i don't know three months or something it was and he, and he did it all with full enthusiasm as well yeah such a good attitude such so much positivity his travel was great to keep up with and Aside from, I feel like um, early on, I gave him like a workout that was <laughs> probably pretty far off. Um, aside from that, like one, he like his execution was just amazing. So um, although I guess season season wrap up, we didn't reach road to sub 420. That uh, I think that that was a big goal. And um, I think his his. His best time at the end of the season was a 4.27, which is still pretty damn good. Um, and we did post on the Instagram um, kind of at the end of the season, but his in his last race of the year, um, a 5K in Chicago somewhere, got the dub and was sub, sub 16, 15.58 or something in the last race of the year. So that was huge. That, From, was, that was his secondary goal. 
Yeah. So we reached secondary goal of, of sub 16. Sub 420, we'll have to have to wait for another summer. But that was uh that was coaching Kev. So pretty successful, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the coaching side of it was very successful. You did an amazing job and he really enjoyed it. What wasn't as successful, which this falls on me a lot mostly, is the packaging it and feeding it to our fans part <laughs> because we just it just it's just ended up being like a lot more work I think than I anticipated and it just was like too easy to just put it off and just be like oh we'll do it next week and then it just like didn't happen and then once we get overseas and we're in that point of the season it's really hard to like come back to that type of stuff so if we do do something like that again in the future I think now we know that and we will have to plan it out a lot better but it's always going to be hard for us to do extra projects in the summer because 98% of our focus is taken by our day job and this yeah so there's never going to be much left over for extra stuff like that but it was a cool initiative and um yeah I was very happy to see how it played out for you guys I think you guys had a great uh thing going on a great coach athlete relationship so shout out to you for that you did and shout out to Kev for being an amazing athlete and hope you got a lot out of it just representing the podcast too. Every yeah. race. The backwards visor. <laughs> yeah. Upside down sometimes too, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. The best one, still the best memory I had was watching the, I think I was watching it live, the the beer mile, where he was, <laughs> <laughs> we did actually talk about this one. I remember we talking about this one on the pod, where he was so close to winning. Every lap was between him and another guy and then, on the last lap, he just disappeared and it ended up that he had thrown up and had the penalty lap and, yeah, struggled, struggled to come home. But he gave it everything. And that, I think, right there just typifies Kev, the man that he was. So, yeah, it was an awesome thing. And hopefully we can do something similar to that again in the future. So thank you, Kev, and thank you for the questions about him. Good to see that the people still had him in the back of their minds. I think the final question that we'll do for today is, this is a good one because we haven't really actually talked about this. I don't know how this has skipped our mind, but it's talk about Kelsey Quinn's role in the club. How have you found having an assistant coach? And so for those who don't know, Kelsey is our new assistant coach from must be two or three months already, right? I think so. June maybe? Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll let you talk about it first, but yeah, I think she's been amazing to have around, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, it has been kind of interesting that she started mid-season as opposed to the start of the season, so kind of immediately when she started, um, you know, people were all over the place racing in different parts of the world and um, kind of all over the show. So I think a, one really nice thing is that because everyone was everywhere, um, we could kind of have Dathan at one location, you know, whether Europe or Diamond League or something, and and Kelsey back here. Either I know she's been she's been up at six at a uh, six a.m. Helen O'Berry miles. Mm-hmm. I know uh, she did forty k this morning at something ungod or yesterday actually forty k yesterday morning at something ungodly. So I think that's been a nice nice thing. This. Uh, in the last couple of months specifically. Um, but yeah, she's, she's bringing a lot of expertise in um, some sports science areas and 
been been nice for all our if we're taking lactate on the track um like there's quite a lot of us and having an extra set of hands is is good for that and um i really should be taking advantage of her uh her hurdle expertise i think she was a 400 yeah i think so i think so yeah so i really should be getting some hurdle tips from her but haven't haven't had that uh that coaching session yet that'll come that'll come now she's been great i think especially for me because i was one of the people who spent like the early season i was just in boulder the whole time when everyone was off racing and dathan was traveling with the people that were racing as you would expect and so kelsey was there for a lot of my early workouts coming back into it and she was amazing she's just another great presence to have at the track she adds a lot to the team dynamic she's very enthusiastic and she brings she's had multiple different coaching roles in her coaching career so far and i think it's really useful because she's had all these different experiences and then she can bring them all to us and it's just nice to have another perspective as well i mean she is the assistant to dathan so pretty much it's not like she's like writing programs or anything like that yet but in terms of you know taking the workouts that dathan has given to us and then helping us helping like communicate them to us and then on the day based on how we're going like she's good at interpreting she's good at like just she's just good at coaching i guess i guess that's just i'm just describing the job of what coaching is and she's she's good at that so she's uh she's very awesome to have around so i've really been happy to have her added to the team and as our team grows every year yeah you're going to need more staff to help support us because we just have so many people off doing so many different amazing things it's um yeah, it takes it takes a lot of people to support them now. And it's cool to see the team grow like this and just continue to bring in the right people, I would say. So yeah, loved having her around and um I look forward yeah. to continuing to develop the, with her. The uh our team is is grown so much and and like for the range of events we have from like Sage to Helen and everything in between. Like it means at any given day at the track, like we might have five or six like workouts going on at once and like dathan wants to have a handle on every single one of them like splits checking in on everyone like running in between every single split so um and and that's not always possible even though he he tries tries <laughs> but it's his nice damn best someone, having someone else there that knows the workout and like i'm i'm off doing like something random steeple workout on the side and then i just be like i oh, like Kelsey, what's like the, what's the rest on this? Or like, what am I supposed to do in between? And then like, she'll know because Dathan's on, on the other side of the track and doing all sorts of other stuff. So I think it, it's been really valuable now that the team has, has grown so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been great. Thank you for the question. I'm surprised that we haven't really talked about her more, but I think we probably will as, as the episodes continue to go on. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it from us for today anything else george before we leave these people i don't think so just tune in on on sunday nbc for fifth ev i think mm-hmm. Twelve forty eastern mm-hmm. my race is not on nbc I'm not sure how you can watch it look at european athletics zagreb something track meeting and you could probably find it there but yeah race week for the boys so wish us luck but yeah i think that's it for episode 99.3 thank you very much everyone for listening and we'll see all of you guys next week